Hello. Like, like how our calls with uh, with 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 John, our friend John, always begin with "Hello." It's become Hello. a thing, like the belly button and in uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> um, so, welcome to the Story Studio podcast. We're um, we're gonna t- we're we're gonna talk about prison. That's a that's a cliffhanger. We will though. Um, however, um, I had the return of uh, I thought of something yesterday, and it kind of was in a, a something cool vein. And- oh. Oh shit! Cool. Nobody reminded. Well, no, no, no. I'm not. I, hold on. I didn't mean to start a thing. I just had something that I that came to me that it's I was too late. Imagine. It's back. <laughs> Better than on you. Um. No. I. Wow. Okay. Just gonna go right right for the throat. <laughs> you said. You I said did. The, I did. You said you said there's no rules anymore. It's after Freedom Day. We're just storytellers. The show. So now we're gone. talking about hot Jews on our faces. Well, oh, Dave went. <laughs> Right and where I, I was not gonna go. All right. I said nothing about faces. I just said his the entirety of his. Do you guys remember the time that we talked about collapsing worst show ever into Story Studio podcast? And Dave, <laughs> and Dave was like, "No." Dave no. was like, "Well, how is it going to be ridiculous?" Um, the yeah, actually, that's oh, okay. So hold on, before I get to my thing, I have two things I want to say. So happy. Number one is that um, we are we are going to have the last show, the last episode of worst show ever. Uh, I don't know when though. So just eventually like, there you go. That's the announcement because we're going to kind of fold them in together to have one show to rule them all. Um, the last Dave, one though, he was sad about not having a last show. So we basically decided the next time he's about to boil over. And it's basically like, you know, when you really, 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 really got to go <laughs> and you just like, you sit down and it all just pours out. That'll be what we're show ever is the last one. The last one. Right. So we're going to wait until he, until he has it. Um, Okay, so that was one thing. And the other is that it we're going to... It could be two hours from now. <laughs> could be any time, any time. What are the odds of that, Dave? <laughs> are like a odd? volcano. The minute we can teach Dave how to have Worst Show Ever episodes while his family is home, like stealth. It's like he's it's like he's smoking while hiding Whispering it or something. Rain. Like he's just going to walk around with like a mobile setup and just like, hold on, i got to go into the bathroom and then rants Will for a while. put dryer seats and a paper towel? Yeah, just blow through it. Um <laughs> The okay, so the thing I wanted to mention is that we are going to start recording these live again. Um, and the tw- currently the tw- April 26th uh, is when we're gonna we think we're gonna start doing that again. I just I, I'm pretty sure on that. I don't want to commit like firm, but, but because we're we're half assed sorts of guys that we're, we'll do it most Fridays at 2 p.m. Central Time, most, but I'm sure there will be some where we have to change it or whatever. and Dave will tweet it or something that you guys won't see, but that in general, that's the plan. And the, um, the link will still be sterling slash SSP for story studio podcast. It's the same link as before. If you did it, um, and you'll just like be able to watch us live and comment and that'll be really fun to return to 2 PM central on most Fridays. We really should have found another title that incorporated two P's because I still can't get SSP down. I'm still thinking of this show as SSP. Well, I think that S. I think the SPP link will also redirect to the same place. Uh, Call that the Dave contingency. Speaking of PP, I was editing one of Dave's um, stories (laughs) this morning. Um, (laughs) Wait, hold on. Is there bodily functions in it? Somebody stops? Yes. No, no, no. No, this is awesome. So Dave's become aware of his fetish now. He knows that every... fetish! (laughs) Every every single... Dave in the piss. Yeah, every single book has someone pissing. Like, it's just a thing. And so um, Dave's become aware of this. So today... I'm editing something. Because you've made so, me aware of it. Somebody's about to take a piss. And but they stopped? Leave a comment. Yes, yes, they did stop. They, they're going and they're like, okay, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go home. Wow, how Freudian. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> when they say they're not going to piss, they're going to they're going to go home. Do they also take their ball and go home? <laughs> <laughs> so they don't piss. And then Dave leaves a comment. He's like, I'm just teasing the pissing now. (laughs) So then the guy gets pulled over by a cop and he has to piss the whole scene. So now he's using it as an adjective, right? Which is kind of amazing. And then he gets home and he pisses and Dave goes, I lied. (laughs) He said I wasn't going to piss. He's going to build up to the climax of most books are going to have urination during them. (laughs) What are you doing right now? I'm trying to have a climactic scene. Yeah, um, he should have a, a character that actually doesn't piss for the reader, like, like the entire book. But at the end, he's so scared, he pisses himself. There you go. Hold That's what we call off. dramatic irony. Um, so do you want to hear Do you want to hear my um, my something whatever? It's not really something cool. It's just something that I was thinking about. Something whatever is way Something cool. marginal. Something, cool. <laughs> something acceptable. Um, so you know how – okay, so a little bit of backstory is we're – we're um we're we're pitching a, a TV series now, like a, a comedy, probably be network, and um there's a whole thing there that I won't go into. But we started talking well, about. God, I hope they don't listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if they did, it would probably dramatically increase our chances. Considering Dave, you actually don't know about this. We'll tell you as soon as we get off. But okay. you'll you'll dig the fuck out of it. So the um the the punchline here is that we started to look at um like what works in a pilot because the, the pilot is really that's your chance, right? You can you can I'd love to see it. It's probably like the first and second page of Google search results. Like it's probably like you know, people either make it if they make it from 1 to 2, episode 1 to episode 2, they probably make it like a full season, but it, a lot of people probably don't even make it to 2 because the pilot screws them. Um, so we started talking about like great pilots and what they have in common. And, um, and, and Sean raised, uh, uh, working moms as a really good pilot. And it was just like this magical pilot that like introduced all the characters in the right way. It has this really, um, clever opening scene that just really kind of draws you in. Yeah. The first three minutes of that show is pretty genius. And, um, that was an example of a good pilot. And so I watched a show last night that had been recommended and I was like, oh my God, this is the exact opposite. This show may get good, but what the fuck on this pilot? Oh, I what, so don't wow, give a shit. <laughs> Comedy or drama? Dr- drama. But uh, are you going to try and guess? Because I don't feel like you're going to be like, but b- feel free. No, no. It seems like a waste of time. <laughs> okay. Um, Russian doll. Did you see it? Oh yeah. No, I, I saw it. Did you like thing. the pilot? Um, I don't remember because I watched them all. Like we just binged. It's just a bunch of shit that happens. Like she, I mean, this is a spoiler for the pilot of Russian doll, but it's a time loop. She keeps dying. And the, we watched the, um, the trailer cause you know, Netflix forces you to watch the trailer. Um, if you stay on it for three seconds, but, uh, so it, the trailer, you can turn that off. Not that I've seen. And believe me, I have tried, but if you, if that's true, somebody tell me because I fucking hate it. Um, (laughs) It's, it makes me That's neurotic. Hold on. I can't, I can't, I can't stop and look at this. I have to keep swiping or the damn thing's going to come on. I'll try to read it in three seconds. Uh, but the, the, the preview or the, the trailer looked really interesting. And I was like, oh, that, that's kind of cool. You see how she's working these, these iterations of what's she going to be up to. But the actual pilot itself, um, I think has three loops. Like I think she dies three times and it just kind of ends. And it's just a bunch of shit that happens and they don't establish anything really terribly interesting other than the fact that she's in a time loop, which but is that's interesting. that's because it's not a pilot. That's not really a pilot because it's not a It's not a pilot? Show. 
it's not a pilot. There's a difference between a pilot and an episode one of uh, of an anthology where there's only going to be eight <laughs> episodes total. Okay, well then it didn't. Do, then then I would still argue that that first installment, whatever they call it, its job is to get me to the second. And I'm very yeah, much. If it hadn't I, been so well recommended, there's no way I'd watch the second one. Absolutely, I, I agree that it is its job, but it has a fundamentally different job than a pilot, where a pilot is like supposed to establish all the characters and kind of establish who they are for a long running thing. And this is more like this is more like chapter one of a book, right? It's a but in chapter, chapter one, one, we want to get them interested. Right. I agree what you're right. saying so about construction. Yeah, oh, very much. Failed. I was just like, okay, so it's fundamentally interesting to know that she's in a loop. But I knew that when I started. I don't really, right. I don't care about these people. I don't particularly like them. I don't know a hook beyond the obvious hook, and it just well, made me go, the, "What the fuck?" Have you, have you watched any more? No, the like I said, I wouldn't watch more because I was so bored by it. Except that people have said it was really they good. They should open with a four minute piss scene. They really yeah, should. I, I agree. Or a school <laughs> shooting, right, Dave? Right. Yes, yeah, that uh, is a way to open every pilot. Okay, Dave. Why don't you why don't you use something cool for um, to explain one of the projects that you have coming up right now? I didn't know Thanks, we were going to do a round robin, but I'm excited about this. If everybody's no, gonna this, do is, one. This, this is cool, and I got something cool too. So go, go ahead. What what are you going to do? Do you know? Are, are you talking about the script? Yeah, yeah. What what do you have oh, to? I, I didn't know we were talking about that. Yeah, well, it's it's very general. Well, like I don't know what we can say. <laughs> All right. How about I use Dave's? How about you do it? All right, so right now, Dave and I Sean's are Sean's like that to- guy who, um, hey, tell him that great story, and then he tells the whole story. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's a Dave scene, in, the there's there's a scene in the IT crowd where Roy uh, tells Moss, it, like, they suddenly get really popular, and they're having this party, and all these people are down there, and Roy, Roy's like, he's going to go get a drink. So he's like, Moss, tell him this story about something, and he leaves, and Moss is like, tells a story about hookers, and he comes back, and everyone's <laughs> just staring at him, and he's like, what story did you tell? <laughs> Yeah, this story. I don't want to tell a story about the hookers. No, this story is simple. Well, this story is really simple. So uh, uh, we're we're shopping uh, white space, or or somebody has interest in white space. We wrote a script, which is the first thing that they asked, um, and they really liked the script that we wrote, except for one thing. Dave, what is that one thing? Well, it just so happens to open with a school shooting, and apparently, (laughs) just so happens wouldn't have that. Not just networks, Dave. Nobody in 2019. Nobody will have that. Why? CIs changing their tagline to more school shootings per book than any other imprint. (laughs) Yeah, HBO is like, um, no, we've already got the black wedding. Like, we don't need red wedding. Red wedding. Great. White wedding, I believe, is. It's a nice day for a red wedding. So anyway, they 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 have asked us to um, please reimagine the opening few minutes of White Space, and they could give it. A, and then a, Dave threw a diva tantrum. I've decided I'm going to have it either in a church or a nursery. Which do you think would be better? <laughs> Preschool. You're a monster. You need to stop talking. I'm going to have right. it in a in a Walmart. Is that better? <laughs> yes. Okay. So actually, yes, I do. Well, like there is that. no Walmart on the island in white space. That would not make sense. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, okay. So um, uh, my something cool is something that I, it's been my number one source of enjoyment for the last like week and my number one procrastination tool. Um, Johnny, you know what this is, right? I, uh, I don't, I don't actually know what you're talking about, but I do enjoy when I guess and I guess wrong, which happens all the time. Pornhub. Okay. No, no. Um, uh, pitch meetings from Screen Rant, which are just my new favorite thing. 
Like, have you ever watched these, Dave? I know Johnny has. Have you ever watched them? No. Okay, Where I'm are they? I'm going to send you a few. They're on YouTube. They're so awesome. So you'll love them. You will just, you'll love them to pieces. So basically they're all five minutes ish. Right. And they'll take a movie like, um, like bird box and, um, and, and the same guy performs, you know, it's just cut screens. So the same guy is pretending to be the writer and the agent, right. <laughs> or not the agent, but the, the, the studio executive. Right. So, um, Needs more piss scenes. (laughs) No, he'll say something ridiculous. Like the example that Johnny used in Suicide Squad is. um, Can I tell it? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, so I just, because I love these two. They're they're wonderful. So the, um, they did the pitch meeting for Suicide Squad and he goes, he goes, um, okay, so there's a big helicopter crash. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a really big scene. Um, Well, so that must kill everybody, right? And he goes, no, 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 no. They're, They're they're, they're fine. He goes, well, helicopter crash. You'd think that would hurt somebody. And goes, no, it's just really kind of how people get to the ground in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and every, every one, he has like the same things. He, like the studio executive always calls something tight. Uh, and, and then he'll always it's say like, tight. hella tight. And he'll say, well, well, that doesn't make any sense. How does that work? And then the writer goes, I don't know. <laughs> and then he'll go, well, okay. <laughs> and then it just keeps going. And to be bigger, fair, this is your pitch meetings for books. So how's it going to work? Unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but that's why they're funny. And they take even stories. No problem are, at all. Barely an inconvenience. Right. Th- that's the funniest one. So in every single one, there'll be like the hard part of the movie. And, um, and, and the, uh, the studio executive will say, well, that sounds hard. How are they going to manage that? And then the writer says, oh, it'll be super easy barely an inconvenience and then he talks about how they're gonna do it and it's always hilarious and they're just i highly highly recommend them and now i'm finding myself like i'm just because i've been watching so much of them to procrastinate lately that i'm hearing myself in my head i don't know (laughs) i just as i'm walking around and uh yesterday i asked i asked stacy to do something and it was it was kind of last minute and i'm like um I hope this is okay. And she straight up answered like a second later. She goes, it'll be super easy, barely an inconvenience. And then I was just happy. That's my stuff. All right. So we're going to talk about prison. I like that we've gone back to wasting 20 minutes before the show. No, I do. So do (laughs) I. Are you getting it You guys are looking for like a clear takeaway um oh man i was i'm listening to like a a podcast that actually has its shit together now and it's such a different experience (laughs) um yeah so uh i don't even know how to how to well tell the backstory so john went to prison yeah so for a while for a while that we were trying to schedule things and this is my favorite thing for for a little while like i I just made me get this is over yeah i mean so we'd be like um so we, we had a regular schedule call and we would say um, okay, so we'll, we'll, uh, are we meeting next week? Are we meeting next week at this time? And then Sean would say, uh, no, cause I'm going to be in prison. And like, he would <laughs> like straight face. It wasn't even a joke. So talk about why you were in prison. Like how talk, talk about how it all began. Talk about, cause it started with MMT. Yeah. Okay. So last year I, w- I went to an event in uh, Park City, which was, um, it was really awesome. I would say it's the best event I've been to and, um, you know, and, and that's in probably eight years that I've been going to this kind of mastermind gathering in some form or another. This was not in a room like you know some of them traditionally are. It was um, in a in a hotel in Park City. They just rented the whole place out, so the only people you would run into are all part of this group, and it created you know a real sense of a family. Um, 
And there was an exercise that we did um, during the, um, during the, I think it was the second to last day. And there was like a long, um, a long, long hallway. And we all went out to the hallway and we got, there were 150 of us total. And we divided ourselves onto either side of the line. And if there was a statement that you agreed with, you kept your feet on the, the line. And if there was, you know, if you disagreed with the statement, you would take a step back. <laughs> and the person who facilitated this um, uh, it runs a, um, runs a, a, a non, actually, it's not a nonprofit. It's, it's, I don't know how they, they work it, but it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a company called uh, Defy Ventures at the time. Her, her new company is called Hustle 2.0. And what they do is they train um, incarcerated um, people in prison who are either in or getting out with entrepreneurial and life skills. And it's just kind of amazing if you see w- what this company has, has done and with especially recidivism rates, which hover like at 80%, um, which is crazy. And graduates from this program are under 4%. And that's just like, that was all very touching to me. It was all kind of amazing. And they had they had an offer at the event where you could um, <clears throat> basically pay to volunteer, which sounds weird. Um, but it's because your money goes directly to the, um, back to the, back to the inmates back, you know, to raising money for this program. And the program itself is just kind of amazing. So not only do the recidivism rates go way, way down, but, um, just the cost, the math on this is amazing. So, uh, it costs $72,000 to house uh, an inmate at, um, at Kern County Correctional for one year, which is just like ridiculous. Like that's, that's what it costs a taxpayer to um, put somebody away. And the cost of putting somebody through this program is $500. Um, so let's see for $500, we can change people's lives for good, or we can spend a whole lot of money. Hmm, what do yeah. we do? So they get like, there's a lot of like courses that have been, um, you know, created at, like a uh, Harvard business, um, business school has courses. Seth Godin has created some marketing courses for, um, for, for this program. And, um, I just really wanted to go. Um, I, I thought it was important to just like, we're storytellers, right? We're seekers of truth. And if we want to tell stories, um, you know, I did not know this at the time at all, but I do think the universe works in some very, very, very cool ways. But when I signed up for this, I had no idea that Johnny and I would be writing a movie that is a prison movie. Like it, it takes place in a different kind of prison, but still a prison. And some of those themes that we're going to be exploring, like right now, starting a week from Monday, um, are like everything plays together. And over the last several years, more and more and more, month by month, even I feel more and more driven to experience things because it shows up in my writing, it shows up in my leadership. It just shows up in my art. And so, you know, it, it shows up in the way I think about business and being more, you know, uh, community minded and, and that kind of thing. So uh, I, I didn't really have to think about it. Um, I had to uh, buy it and then hope that Cindy wouldn't be like, uh oh, what did you spend money on this time? But of course, she never is. So I don't even know why I thought that for a second. And that was in uh, September, and then it, the actual event wasn't until um, last week, <clears throat> which is, at this point, it was the last week of March. So I had a lot of time to not know what to expect at all. And the only times that I asked anybody, um, you know, like, oh, what do I expect? Don't expect anything. Like, that was the answer I got. One so, tip, don't 
if they, anybody offers to toss your salad, no. Thank <laughs> you for yeah. that, dude. Yes, that's well, one of the I, things I, they tell you when you when you register. When yeah. you get in. <laughs> um, so I I, uh, I I went. It was it was a it was a few day event. We we did something else on Monday that was just kind of a, a fun little thing, especially if you write sci fi. It was a, a cool sideways adventure. Um, which I actually think I can say what I did. I just can't say what I learned. But we we went to the Hyperloop, which um, you know, the, for Richard Branson's Hyperloop, and we went to the Design Factory and saw a bunch of stuff, and it was really really cool. Um, and uh, and then on the prison day itself, we got picked up at like I mean, it was it was early. We had to be in the lobby, <laughs> and we had a we boarded the bus for almost a three hour ride. Did you have to wear the prison jumpsuit or no? No, in fact, dress code was super, super strict. So, um, you know, the women were all in like dresses to their ankles and, um, you know, like no heels and uh, it, it was just very, very conservative. And um, Did I you have to hide your nose. Uh, no, that it's was very okay. phallic. It can be used as a shiv. <laughs> could hurt somebody. <laughs> That's okay. But no, Man shivved uh, by nose. <laughs> it was a. Uh, I, Cindy got my, um, my dress code and she's like, are, you're all, you're all set. You have everything you need. And I was like, oh yeah. Cause it, it says like the guys, they can't wear denim. So they suggested khakis and, um, wait, why not denim? It's very because, sexy because they're, you're, they're trying to make us look as different from, um, the inmates as possible. Okay. Um, so that right? they and can all, target you in that fresh meat all, scene we see in prison movies. <laughs> So you're kidnapped first when the riot happens. Well, the 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 people in the um, you know towers need to know who is who. Shoot! Oh, okay, all right, right, and 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 no, like I'm serious. Like we were, it was real sober going in, um, because uh, we got warnings like, okay, if you hear gunshots, hug the wall. I'm Um, glad I wasn't there with you. I was. Oh, oh, it had to be wonderful imagining Dave there. (laughs) No, I cannot imagine. Like there, it would not have been serious. Dude, like, I cannot imagine, I, I, like, actually imagining you going through this would just be hilarious. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't fathom it. But, um, yeah, they, 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 we had to get warnings. We, I mean, getting even out of the, the, the facility, you know, they came back on the bus and everybody had to give their IDs, which was like a triple check at that point. But it makes sense. You're going, out, you're leaving a prison. Did they check your nose to make sure you didn't smuggle any small people out? Yes, they they at both nostrils actually. Okay, all right. Um, so, uh, so I would say the biggest surprise um, hit me immediately and reframed the whole kind of thing. Um, so Sean had a shiv in his nose. <laughs> hey Dave, remember when you worried about the show being? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm ruining um, a good topic. Go ahead. Um, uh, so I expected sadness. I expected sorrow. I expected desperation. And while that was definitely the vibe of the facility itself, I mean, it's all gray. It's all concrete. There's nothing growing and there's barbed wire. And it's odd, too, because on the way there, you're driving through some of the most like majestic farmland where like all of California's commercial, you know, produce is grown. And then you get to this prison. That's just like the opposite of, of vibrant life. <laughs> and so I expected, you know, like a, like a sadness and they lead us through security. And then we go into a gym and immediately there's like, uh, 
I mean, Ludacris is blasting from, um, you know, the, the speakers and all of the, all of the guys are like, whoa, and they're just like pumping their fists. And there's like a, like a tunnel, like they're both on both sides and everybody's supposed to run through while the music is whooping and they're all hollering and they put lays on our necks when we came in. And it had this like immediate... Did you have to show your tits? Oh wait, no, that's speed. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, there, there, there were no tits shown, Dave. Um, uh, uh, but but yeah, it was an immediately like celebratory experience, and I, I I realized like in that second what I should have realized before. I mean, it just shows you how much you're in your own shit, right? Like I, I'm coming in there with my perspective. Of course, they're going to be sad. Of course, it's going to be sad. Oh my God, these people weren't sad at all. They've been waiting for this day forever. They're super hyped. They're so excited. They're getting, they're going to get hugs all day. They're going to get to tell their stories. They're going to get to talk. They're going to get advice. This is like an awesome thing for them, not a sad thing at all. And that framing coming in there, it just so reset me so immediately. And there's the law. That's the that's the law. Well, I mean, I think the question is, what did you what did you take from? Okay, so first of all, why did you go? I mean, we we know why you went based on what you already said, but what why? Because there was a deeper thing. Like as a storyteller, there's a reason that you went. And then what did you get out of that? Like, did you fulfill what you went for? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I went I went for um, I wanted to feel more human. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty in touch with my emotions. I think, um, I think, um, I, th- I think I have a practical view of the world and myself and how I see in it. I think I feel deeply. Um, but I don't think I have enough experience. Um, I think I've been, I've had a, I've had a lucky life. You know, I think I'm more fortunate than most. And, you know, um, I actually just, it's funny, this is all really fresh. Cause I just finished writing about this, like literally this morning. Um, and so there's a few stories there that, that I can tell, and I, I kind of don't know which one to tell. So, so Johnny, you know the actual punchline, my biggest takeaway. Um, but I kind of want to save that for the end because I think that it's, it's better at the end. So there was something that, like, I was actually one of the four people who, um, who, who closed. Um, there was 70, 70, between 70 and 75 of, of, of us volunteers. And, um, they, they divided the room into, um, uh, the inmates were referred to as Mavericks, which I loved, like it's, you know, very humanizing, um, compared to something like prisoners, like, which is just ugly. Um, and the volunteers, which were all the entrepreneurs. Uh, and so there was, um, I definitely closed that out and, um, that was a hard thing to do, but I felt like it was necessary. Um, part of it was because, um, one of the, the four Mavericks who were, you know, closing down, uh, addressed me specifically. And I felt a need to address that back, but also because at the end, um, so everybody paid to get into the event and that's how they raised money for the, the program. And then at the end, they raised more money from the program for the people in the room and the people in the room are, are really just, they're the, they're just the best. They're really, really generous entrepreneurs but I actually couldn't give any more than I already did. Um, you know, just where I am right now, the travel and the cost of doing the event. And it was like, it was all I had. So the, the minimum that you could, um, that you could donate was, was more. And so like, I especially felt like I wanted to at least use my words, which I had those. (laughs) And so 
Um, in spades. <laughs> right, about plenty. I could do that. Um, so, Johnny, you you did hear a lot of these stories. Um, by the way, uh, Monday, this last Monday was our, our Freedom Day. So Johnny and I hung out all day. Um, and he got to hear these stories. And we went to a deprivation tank, which was also fun to imagine, Dave. In. And um, we saw the movie The Beach Bum, which is like, we don't recommend it to anybody, but it was the best it movie It would have been awesome, Stone. The... Um so we, we, we decided that Dave would probably would probably be very into the deprivation part, the sensory deprivation part, not that no, I'm sorry, the isolation part, not into any of the rest of it. <laughs> right. If he could just turn his office into a deprivation room. Can I have a freedom from humanity day. It was really um, dark. You didn't have to see, hear, smell any bullshit. You were just by yourself. But then you were also a little claustrophobic and in a public space. Sensory deprivation like tank because we don't because I don't have one in my house or anything. Like I went to a place. Yeah, we um, went to it's like I think it was called the Zero Gravity Institute. Yeah, maybe. W- which was recommended by somebody we know. Um. So um. So what are the which of those stories did you like the best, Johnny? Or do you think it's worth sharing? Well, I I, I mean the one because you were kind of one on one with the guy who you mentioned mentioned you know called you out mentioned you and um just sort of the idea of how life can turn on a dime and you know what, what that was all about. Okay. So I'll stick with, I'll stick with, uh, I'll stick with this guy. That's, that's a great idea. Okay. So, um, this is another example of the, I actually have a couple examples that I really like of just the universe being really in tune that day. Right. So first of all, there's 70 plus volunteers, 70 plus Mavericks. And when we came in, before we got security, we had to get name tags. And, you know, that thing they do in preschool where, you know, you're picking an an adjective or something before your name to describe yourself. And it's the same letter. So I was storytelling Sean. Okay. All right. And I'm right across from uh, Reliable Ralph. (laughs) And Reliable Ralph. Oh, uh, he could have been a Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) That starts with a W. I know, but it has the same sound. It does. If he had balls, he should have tried it. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the exercise, it's two circles, one within the other. And the exercises were, you know, looking at each other in the eyes, right? Like you are holding eye contact. And just for context, this was, um, these were, um, these were dangerous criminals. I mean, this was, or, or they were, that's why they were put away. Um, you know, you've got, uh, uh, most they're in the on room. serious charges. It's not necessarily right. they're not necessarily as dangerous right now or anything like that. But that's why they were put in. Right. These this is murders and violent crimes. Right. So, um, <laughs> are you on board yet, room. Dave? <laughs> uh, a lot of face tattoos. Um, uh, uh, damn it! I forgot what I was going to say. Um, you were talking about sitting across from Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, I was sitting across <laughs> from from uh, from Wreck It Ralph, and uh, and he says. Oh, storytelling, Sean, are, are you a writer? And, and I said, yes. And he said, well, we have a lot to talk about. I, and he tells me that, that you know, he's, he's been writing. He's been writing the whole time he's been in there, um, which is always... I killed a writer. And, um, <laughs> and uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. 60% of the room was serving life sentences, and uh, many of them without parole, uh, without possibility of parole. Um, but they still were in there. They're still trying to learn and better themselves. And just, so what do they do with their skills if they're never going to leave? Better themselves. 
better themselves because it's yeah. better than you, right? Like you're a better. I human. thought it was specifically for like, uh, you know, training them to live on the outside business and stuff like that. Well, it is, but they still want, like, they still want those They're gonna escape. <laughs> they, they just, they want to know, like, because it's not just entrepreneurial stuff. It's like, it's like Johnny would totally get this. It's all like story solution stuff. You know, it's like, know what, know, know who you are. So that like the first exercise we have, and this is where I met reliable Ralph was you're supposed to tell, um, they were supposed to tell us where they came from, uh, you know, who they were, who they are right now and who they want to be. Okay. Right. And, and whether you leave or not, you can be who you want to be. Right. Um, these are just four walls, but these are people who want to open their, their minds and be the best they can be. And it, and it is, it was shocking how many people had this aversion of Ralph's story. So anyway, Ralph tells me that he has a thousand pages on his fantasy novel written. And that's just kind of amazing because he has to, he can only write when he can afford to get a new ink cartridge or ribbon for his manual typewriter. Um, so it's taken a couple of decades just to get those pages. So like that in and of Someone itself. Someone needs to get Ralph a Chromebook. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph needs, um, you know, Ralph needs a lot of stuff. I asked him if he's ever read a, a book on writing or craft. He said, no, they don't have anything like that in the library. They just have a few junky junk food books. Did you give him a copy of Yesterday's Gone? <laughs> um, I'm going to send Ralph some, some books for sure. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but anyway, like I think it's kind of amazing that out of all the volunteers and all the Mavericks, I immediately get put directly across from the guy who wants to tell stories, the guy who wants to write. And his story is really sad. And unfortunately, it's just not that unusual. So, um, so Ralph, when he was 13 years old, his, um, his dad gets arrested for being um, you know, a junkie um, possession. And goes away. I think it was 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 something violent there too, because it was for a long time. He he was away. Um, so then he's with his mom, who's you know even more like super junkie, and he's kind of on his own. And what do you do when your mom's a junkie and you live in the ghetto and you're on your own? You join a gang. That's how you stay safe. Um, so he joins a gang. He's 13 years old, um, and when he's still a, a kid, um, they they're breaking up the. Uh, they're breaking up something that they're doing something wrong. I don't even know what, but an officer comes to break it up and reliable Ralph, um, you know, assaults the officer. And that's like probably the number one thing you're not supposed to do to an officer <laughs> is assault them. So he gets in trouble, you know, he goes, or pee on them <laughs> or pee on them. <laughs> Unless it's like a four minute scene, then it's okay. Then or it's they fun. Ask. Uh, or they ask. Right. Um, so he, he ends up, uh, he ends up, you know, doing his time. He gets out and he decides, okay, I can't, I don't want to do this. You know, I, I need to look out for myself. I need to protect myself. He, he leaves the gang, but leaving a gang is a hard thing to do, right? You're always worried about your back now because they don't let people leave. So he starts carrying a gun. He joins the wrestling team so he can stick up for himself. Um, he does well and he gets a, a wrestling scholarship. Now he's going to go and uh, wrestle professionally and clean everything up. He's waiting at a bus stop. Some guy vaguely, vaguely knows, picks him up, offers to give him a ride. Um, never get a ride with any, never get in a car with anybody. Well, that's, that is a good, <laughs> not even your rule. Uber. Because <laughs> um, this guy takes uh, reliable Ralph to a, a park and he tries to rape him. And Ralph is armed. And he shoots the guy. And at this point, he's a known associate of a gang member. 
and he has an you know assaulting an officer on his his record and you know um like there for a guy in that situation like there's zero chance he has a lawyer like it's just part of the system he's he's down and he's been in there now um for i think it's 24 years so he, he's my age <laughs> like the, the dude is my age he's been in prison he hasn't had a visitor in 20 years um you know we during one of our conversations we kept That's ending up, yeah we, we just kept up, end up talking to each other and there was one time where we had to um you know, like put our hands on their shoulders and just like look into each other's eyes while we're talking to these stories. And um, so, yeah, at the end, the, this is what Johnny was referring to earlier. He he stood up, he was one of the four and he, he pointed to me and he said, that man made me feel more seen and heard than anyone in my life. And he cried earlier too. And he said, that's the first time he's cried in 20 years. He can also break dance. and then stitch him. Or... I, I, I <laughs> new, new, totally. new Dave was going to go there. <laughs> he can also totally break dance, which was really fun to watch. Um, so, like, I, I, that's a guy who just—it's hard to think he's ever had a chance. And so, um, when we were at the line, that was the most illuminating part because it was one thing to do this exercise in Park City with you know a room full of successful entrepreneurs and you could see how human we all were by those questions and how similar we all are but doing it at the prison um with the mavericks was an entirely different experience because there were so many questions like um uh, I, I, here's a few i'm a i'm a natural born hustler all right you're not going to get an entrepreneur in the world who doesn't consider themselves a natural born hustler, right? You're not going to get, um, um, another one that really struck me is, um, I'm known for my worst mistake. Mm. Right now that's something that all the prisoners can, can, you know, raise their hand for and, you know, but all of us know we're not like, I'm not known for my worst mistake. And, and here's, so here's a story. Here's, this is very relevant. So I'm 18 years old. And I'm driving with my best friend, Jimmy, and he's home from UCSB. And um, we're going to go play Virtua Fighter 4 at Irvine Spectrum. And if you know Irvine Spectrum, uh, if you live in Southern California, it's, 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 it's just a nice area, right? Irvine's very, very nice. And I'm in my, my shitty old Honda Civic, um, and I'm with Jimmy, and we're going to get as stoned as we possibly can can and go play virtual fighter four because that's the best way to play it that's our plan and so we've been smoking ever from from long beach to irvine which is a 45 minute drive all right the car has to be reeking we're right outside of irvine spectrum about to turn in it's about to be virtual fighter four time and i see the with the lights behind me i pull over and we're like fuck, <laughs> this is a problem because I know this car must just smell. Like, there's no way I'm going to roll down the window and what the hell are we going to do? Jimmy's, like, stashing the shit under the seat and just like, damn it, damn it, damn it. I roll down the window. The cop comes up and um, he, he says, do you know why I pulled you over? And Because I'm high fuck! <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> um, I asked if I was speeding and he starts to answer me. And the smell hit, visibly hits his face, right? He's like, he starts to answer. And then it's like, he gets walloped by the scent. And he goes, all right, which one of you is smoking weed? So I immediately took responsibility because 
you know, like I was just in a place in my life where it didn't matter to me the way it would have mattered to Jimmy. He was in school, you know, like it would have fucked him up. It, like whatever for me, I'll roll with it. So we get out of the car. They make us sit on the curb. They go through the, um, they go through the car and they end up with, um, uh, they, they confiscate my rolling machine and um, a, a, a little, a little, <laughs> little pipe. And um, like, you probably both know this about me, just knowing my personality that I didn't have a tiny amount of weed. And it's not because I didn't, <laughs> it's not because I, I smoked that much. I actually didn't at the time or any time that much. The point was that, I didn't know somebody who sold it. I didn't have a regular hookup. So whenever I found somebody, I bought the maximum that I could buy. <laughs> so I didn't want to run out. So we just had, we had it all. Like I was with Jimmy, I had my entire stash. And so like, this is like, there's enough for intent to sell. Like it's not, it's not okay <laughs> that I'm all of a sudden sitting on the curb. And if you were a few shades darker, your ass would have been in jail. That's my point. Exactly. So one cop, went to UCSB. So him and Jimmy are like yucking it up about how awesome UCSB is and what a great party school it is. And they basically just laugh. They take all of our weed and they give me like the least, like a total slap on the wrist. Um, I had to take care of my registration, which was why I got pulled over. And I had to go to a, um, a, I think it was a three hour diversion course on a Saturday. And that's it. It disappeared from my record. Nothing, no consequence. Now, if you had moved me from Irvine down to Santa Ana and you know changed my complexion i could i could have gone immediately to jail and that's how i closed and you had to gang up yeah i, I mean, mean it I changes know. i mean you are a target <laughs> immediately but that changes everything that context changes everything and that was was what i wanted to say that is my biggest takeaway is that the line between us is is really, really thin. If you look at the DNA of, you know, uh, criminal behavior and the DNA of an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs don't have respect for authority. We're constantly questioning the rules. We're, you know, we're, we're crafty. We think we can make it up as we go along. And if you took away, you know, like, okay, what did I do after school? I read. There was a Walden Books right around the corner from Rainbow. So I filled my brain constantly. You know, like if I didn't have that, where would I have gone? What if you take away one or both of my parents? What if you throw me into, you know, really extreme poverty? What if you change the color of my skin or my neighborhood or any of these things? Like, okay, like I can easily see how my brain and my makeup with totally different circumstances, you know, you don't have me meet somebody like Cindy when I'm 20 years old who becomes such a strong compass for me. But, you know, somebody who's like maybe really driven by money or like, you know, and, and I'm still really poor or you just change all my circumstances, but you give me the same, the same brain and the same way of problem solving. It, it's just, it's fundamentally different. And I think I intellectually- You were hustling on the that. playground. I mean, I could easily see you hustling, selling drugs if the search situation was different. You are lucky that a target guy with the carts never cross your path oh i know you know different reality because you'd it's be like true. a drug kingpin no it's true i i'm not kidding i thought like i i thought of that when i was kid like oh I, I wonder what selling drugs would be like because i like the the hustle of it all so so here's here's an example of um someone <clears throat> uh, from this program they were they started selling drugs in new york at 12 um because they didn't natural hustler like they just didn't have they didn't have family but you could 
you could go on the set, the street and, and sell. So by the time he was in his early 20s, um, he was a kingpin and he went down and they he had over $2 million in cash in his apartment when they took him. Um, he went to prison. He graduated through this program. And now he owns um, a, a chain of fitness centers with 14 locations, including the one first one that just opened up in London. Um, you know, so like that's a guy who's like, he's a natural hustler. He's a business builder, right? If you could build to be a kingpin from the time you're 12 on, like that's not, not everybody can do that. Just because you're, you are willing to break the law doesn't mean you can scale, <laughs> right? But I think that, you know, the, I just, I, I feel like I intellectually knew that that divide was pretty small, but being in a room made it all feel so very human and made me understand it on a much more primitive level. And that is what I wanted to take away is an understanding of what it means to be human and, and how much circumstances actually matter, because that's a truth I'm going to want to revisit in what I write for the rest of my life. Well, yabba dabba do. <laughs> yabba dabba do indeed. Wow. That's what you say when you need emotional distance from a situation. Fred Lindstone could have told you that shit. I've heard that's true. Yeah. So um, I guess that's a cliffhanger. We'll find out on the next episode what the hell we're talking about. Um, yeah. So I guess that's it. But yet, yeah, do remember, hopefully, <laughs> uh, April 26th, 2 p.m. Central, we should go be our first live show. And we have a really cool guest. Like we have a guest lined up for that one. And it's going to be really cool. And we haven't had a guest in a long time. And it's going to be a story studio podcast type of guest rather than a self-publishing podcast type of guest like we've had in the past. So it's not like we're going to learn the new way to write because that's only a piece of what we like. We're, we're telling stories now. So that'll be really cool. Um, I guess that's it. So thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time. Adios. Peace.